Welcome to Power Your Profits podcast, your friendly guide in bringing your business revenue to the next level. Listen as host Susie Carter hears inspiring stories of success from her fellow entrepreneurs and transformational leaders. Prepare to make significant change to your strategies as they unravel the secrets of building multi-million dollar businesses and the most effective tips on finance, marketing, and sales accountability. If you want to make your first step towards explosive business growth, this is the right podcast for you. Without further ado, here is your host, Susie. Welcome to this episode of Power Your Profits podcast. I'm your host, Susie Carter, and I am so excited for you to meet Michelle. Dr. Michelle Laser is a messaging expert who works with brilliant business owners who are shaking things up, but have trouble talking about it. And do you know the feeling like, you know what you want to say, but to get it out there succinctly in that 30 seconds or less, she combines tools of successful social movements and qualitative research skills that she's earned as communication PhD to help us craft our message, create a captivating message. She's the author of the Three Word Rebellion and the host of Rebel Uprising podcast. Please welcome my friend and my guest, Dr. Michelle. Oh my gosh, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you tell everybody who you are in the world and what your secret sauce is and what your magic is? Oh, wow. Those are great questions. I'm Dr. Michelle Mazur. I'm the CEO of Communication Rebel. I am the author of The Three Word Rebellion. I'm a podcast host with like nearly 300 episodes of my podcast, which I'm really proud of. (laughs) That's a lot. For everyone that does not do a podcast, that's a lot. You should be proud of that. I know. We're hitting 300. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So my passion in this world is I'm really focused on helping people who I affectionately call them the overlooked experts. So these are people who are amazing at what they do. They get their clients incredible results. And yet the world doesn't know about them because they can't communicate their expertise and marketing feels a little, ugh, it's not gone well, so they think it can't work for them. So my job is to really help them create this one-of-a-kind message called the three-word rebellion and help them figure out how to lead people to their work so that real experts get hired. And that is kind of my mission in life. I love it. Because just in that intro, you're like, yes, I agree. I agree. I agree. So you are just going to resonate. So talk about how a business identity crisis really catapulted your business. Oh, yes. So this was in 2016. So that was kind of a year in and of itself. And at the time, I was working with speakers. I was a public speaking coach. My specialty was really creating that keynote speech and helping people with their speaker marketing. And I had recorded the last episode of my podcast for the year. And I'm like, I don't have anything else to say. I don't want to be talking about this anymore. I don't want to be talking about speaking or how to get speaking gigs. I felt like Google search could replace me. It was just like, no, like this isn't 
align. This isn't who I want to be. Because at the same time, I was also seeing how my clients would take the keynote speech we created and then use it in a bunch of different ways. Like it'd become copy on their website. It would become like a three-part video series they used for their opt-in. And I'm like, I feel like my work has so much more worth and value. It's so funny because everybody tells you to niche down. And I'm like, this niche is too confining. Like I can have a bigger impact with my work. So that was the time, like it was near Christmas and I always take those weeks off. So I really was just kind of sitting with like, what's next? And that's when I had epiphany moment of this idea of the three-word rebellion. I didn't know it was called that then. It was just the idea of like, wow, you know what social movements and entrepreneurs have in common? They both have a very short, captivating, curiosity-provoking message that really is encapsulating the change they want to create, whether that's like Black Lives Matter or Me Too, or it's start with why the five second rule. I'm like, isn't this curious? Like, wow, these two things go together. And so I thought, well, what if I took questions from social movements? Like, what are you rebelling against? What's the change you want to create? Had my clients write on those, just dump out their brains because they have thoughts. Could I really come up with this reword message that they could be known for. And yeah, it ended up working, which was great. <laughs> yeah. Yay! <laughs> and that was the thing that really helped me figure out like what's next in my business. Oh my God, I love that story. Again, just really getting us clear. I think people make it wrong when you're done with something or complete something. They're like, oh, I have to do this like a jail sentence. No, that's a job if you have to do it like a jail sentence. It takes courage to totally stop because then you have to rebrand. You've got to re-log. Redo all your copy on your website. Let your existing audience know that this is the thing that's happening. Because that was like one of the things I did once I figured out it was called the Three Word Rebellion. I was like, hey, everyone, I have this new idea. Come to this webinar I'm doing. There's no pitch, no anything. I just want to talk about this and see if it's valuable and what feedback you had. And I had a huge response. Like people showed up, they were like, oh, I'm really interested in this. And yeah, I mean, it's a lot of work, but if something's just not a fit and it feels like a slog every day, why do it? Right. And so when do you learn inside of doing that whole rebrand, which is great because now you have to put a fresh set of eyes on it. Our website's over there. Like whenever I put it together, I'm not looking at it anymore. Every time we talk, Michelle, I go back to my website. I'm like, I got to talk to Michelle, right? (laughs) And then you're like, Max, it's like, is it relevant? So what did you learn from your rebranding? I feel like I learned a lot. Number one, I think it's easier to pivot than you think it is. It's easier to rebrand, especially like if you're just radically transparent with your audience about what's going on and giving them the choice. Like if you want to stay and hear about these things, please stay and hear about these things. And some people leave, but not many. Most people will stay and still want to learn from you. And then I just realized it was, (laughs) I think the thing I neglected the most was the copy on the website because I got excited about doing the new work and writing a book about it. And then the website, I mean, I tweaked some stuff, but it wasn't quite right. Like I had an old video on there 
And it wasn't to the day like I was on Amazon and I don't recommend people read their Amazon reviews, but somebody was like, well, this is a great book, but her website isn't in alignment with what this book is teaching. And I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I to get this done. <laughs> so because I mean, it's so important that the way you show up on podcasts or the way that you show up in your book or however people first find you, then they go to your website and you need to have that consistent message mm. across. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing that. And that was just like, all right, let's take a pause. Let's rewrite this. We kind of did like a little bit of a brand refresh on like the website, kept the essential branding, but then just redid like the homepage and the service page and the about page so that it was more representative of the work I'm doing. So don't neglect your website. It will come back and bite you in the butt because somebody will write a review on Amazon that's like, she's not walking her talk. Well, I think it's a process, right? Because you're birthing this brand. You don't know what it is. You just scrap the old brand until you define it. It's market research, right? So yes, I hear that. And somebody was just snotty, right? Yeah. And why yeah. don't communicate with me? But it also gave us the wake up call to go, okay, wait, let me come back to here. If you're the solopreneur and you're the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, you are rebirthing this whole big thing that really had nothing to do with that. So instead of bubblegum, shoestring, band-aid, duct tape, you focused over here to get the content and the feedback. And that's just as juicy as a website. So I don't want to yes. throw the baby out with the bathwater because then you put something up that's half-assed or it's not, you didn't really think it through. We get kind of get committed to, well, I said that, so I have to deliver that. Well, sometimes what you said isn't what you have to deliver. And especially when you're birthing like a new framework, a new way of working with people, you want to be able to tweak and evolve it. And also you're still actively like kind of gathering the client language to write copy for the website. So it's really hard when the thing you're doing is this moving target to birth a new website with brand new copy because the copy is probably the hardest part of birthing the new website. And I was still getting clear on the message for the Three Word Rebellion messaging framework because I came up with this. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs face this, like you come up with this really great idea and maybe you have a catchy name or Three Word Rebellion for it. And then you're like, well, how do I talk about this? Okay, I can get people's attention. People are interested. But then what do I need to say in order to move people towards wanting to work with me? And that was really a struggle that I had. I was like, OK, I have this cool new thing. People really like the idea of having something that is like a start with Y caliber message. But then how do I communicate what this is all about and what it does and what other messaging you need to make it work? That was really the challenge that came next. So what was the phase from when you decided to rebrand to getting your assets in place? Because I think people have unrealistic expectations from people like you to go get my messaging done. Well, hold on. I'm just learning. Like just people want you to spit it out. So yeah. I think the process and especially coming from a messaging expert to go, what was that process for you? Like the timeline. So people have a realistic expectation going in. I feel like it was a good three years, quite honestly, because it was this exploration of working with it with one-on-one -on -one clients and really finding out and refining the process and creating that offer to sell. And then it was like, oh, I'm going to talk about this on the podcast and start building content around it. And then it's like, oh, I need to create the book because I really feel like this needs to be a book. And so and then it's like, oh, I need a new opt-in. 
<laughs> get a new lead magnet. So, I mean, and I see this all the time. Like when I work with people on their messaging, the thing we do in our last session is like we discuss their marketing strategy and then, well, what marketing assets do you need to create? Because right. you're going to spend the next six months to a year like redoing the website copy yeah. and implementing it into your social media. And maybe you're launching a podcast or relaunching a podcast or you need a new lead magnet. Like all of that takes time to build out those marketing assets. I mean, I've had some clients do it really quickly. Like, I don't know what else you're doing because you're just executing on this. <laughs> but typically, like even for my clients, like we do their message and it can take a year to 18 months to get it fully implemented. Well, and for me to own it, right? For you to own oh, it yeah. for, as the expert to yeah. go, let me own this new direction, this new yeah. conversation. When did you go from just building an audience to then creating, it's the same audience, but different audience, right? Yeah. These super fans of people who become your raving fans and love, love you. Yeah. So for me, I mean, I have the good fortune of being very consistent. <laughs> I know a lot of people struggle that, but in my head, I always feel like I kind of have this. I mean, they're not imaginary. I do have real people in my audience, but <laughs> in my head when I'm like, oh, I need to record a podcast or I need to like send an email to my list, I kind of see the people expecting it from me. And that gives me the motivation to like show up and do it. So for me, it was that consistency, but also consistently being on message. And I think this is where a lot of business owners kind of screw things up. It's like they feel like frequency is enough. Like if I just show up five days a week on Instagram or if I just email my list twice a week or I post my blog every single week, like that's going to be enough. And it's like, no, you have to be consistently on your message. You have to be able to repeat yourself. You have to be able to take an idea and talk about it in 27 different ways because that's actually how you get known for your message. That's how people know like, oh, you need messaging. You should check out the three word rebellion because that's eventually what you want. You want people to kind of be these champions of your message. But if you are all over the place, Right. They just can't do that. And so for me, it was like, yes, I had the blessing of wanting to be consistent as far as frequency, but also I was very intentional on creating the message and figuring out what works, what doesn't, what do I really need to double down on to get people excited about the work that I'm doing. I love that. What do we need to do if we're struggling? Because a lot of entrepreneurs, like it's not their jam. They're beg, borrowing, stealing. Like, oh, I like Michelle says this. I like Susie says this. I make on your kind of bubblegum shoestring band-aid, everybody else's message to create your own. Yes. What advice? How should we start that so that we're not, I don't want to say stealing, but we all emulate from other people? Yeah. I think the first thing, and I've done this with clients before. Some of my clients have needed to put on like an information detox where it's like, I don't want you consuming anyone else's content for a while. I've actually had a client where she was consuming all these other people's contents. And then it was like, well, so-and-so says this, so-and-so says that. And I'm like, yeah, but what do you say? You have to like have that clarity of mind where you're not always taking in what everybody else is doing. So if you need to, some people don't. Like some people are like, I stay in my own lane. And then I think the second part of this, like the process I use for myself and for my clients is a process of free writing. Like we have to get what's up here in our head 
out onto paper where we can actually deal with it because your message doesn't come from here. It comes from having it in a place you can see it and interacting with other people. So I use a free writing process with my clients, the messier, the better, asking them questions about, yeah, like what really ticks you off? Let's just brain dump about all the things that tick you off and what kind of world do you want to live in? Brain dump, hung up on like the how to do it. But then it's like you get those ideas out of your head and then you can start seeing like patterns. What are things you're saying again and again? Or maybe there's a certain turn of phrase you always use. Like I always tell my clients, like your three word rebellion already exists. It's already in the things that you're saying. And it's it's our job to just kind of flush it out, to unearth it because it's there. And I have found three word rebellions in weird places like footers of websites where I'm just like, (laughs) This is really interesting. Or somebody says something that's like a throwaway phrase. And I'm like, wait a minute, that could be something that's really curiosity provoking. But if we don't get our ideas out of our brain and somewhere where we can see them, it's really hard to find your message. And it's really hard to find your message anyway, because you're so close to the work you do. You don't understand what's truly important to other people. You kind of see it through your expert lens, like... I always say experts are obsessed with their solution and what your clients want. They want to benefit from your expertise. They don't want to be the expert themselves. I love that because sometimes I always tell my students, you're teaching calculus and people need basic math. You're going way too far. And I used to think that I don't want people to think that I'm dumbing it down. You got to start with what they know, build on what they have versus going, I'm going to go to the finish line. This is where we'll be and you lose them. Well, especially like I have a PhD in communication and my three-word rebellion framework, it's based on a lot of different communication theories that kind of inform the work I do. And I don't rarely talk about them. Sometimes I do, but my clients aren't like, yeah, so tell me, what's the social psychology theory you're using to inform this? (laughs) They don't care. They just know it works. And that's what they want. (laughs) We would not follow you if you said that. We'd be like, no, she way over my head. I know. Like, why are you talking about the elaboration likelihood model? Like, I don't understand this. (laughs) Okay, let's pivot just a little bit, because I believe some of my best lessons have been in my biggest mistakes. I love when people talk about the lens and successes, but the failure or the mistake is where we get our stripes, right? Where we get our battle scars to go off. And we don't want our clients to feel that way, right? We want clear No, let me help you. You might make another mistake, but do not make this mistake. So what would you say has been one of your biggest learning lessons, failures, mistakes? And then what did you learn from it? I always struggle with questions like this, not because I'm perfect and don't make mistakes, but I always learn so much from my mistakes that they end up feeling like wins. I feel like I'm giving you an interview question. (laughs) My my biggest or my biggest weakness is I'm a perfectionist. And it's not that way. It's just like when I look at the totality of my business. I learned things. Like, I feel like one of my big learnings, I launched a group program way too soon in my business. I was like, I'm going to do this group thing. And I also undercharged for it. And it's like the first time you do a group program, you're like, okay, cool. It fills up pretty easy because you have super fans and you're like, it's always going to be this easy. (laughs) And it's not. (laughs) I didn't have the audience to support it. Each round got tougher. 
And eventually I just let it go and went double back down into one-on-one work because it was more lucrative. (laughs) But I mean, I'm glad I did it because now when I think about the next project that I'm working on, which is more of kind of a community-based offer, I'm like, oh, at least now I have an audience. Like I know I've had like 300 people go through the paid workshops that I teach. So I have this audience of people who are like, yeah, we like your stuff. (laughs) I launch a community type offer and I know people will come to it versus just launching this like group program I did in the past when I had no business launching anything group. I really wish someone would have taken me aside and said, Michelle, just focus on the one-on-one stuff for a while. But I think that's the hype that's out there. And there is a time and a place for it, but there's time and a place to go, what is the highest income producing activity? And if you don't have the database to support a group, it is pulling teeth. Oh, yeah. It can't happen. And if you're not marketing consistently, meaning advertising and getting a ton of leads in every month, it's hard, right? It doesn't have to be hard. It has to be systemic. We choose to struggle because we're trying to rush to the finish line across the whole field. I'm not a sports person, but, you know, I think. Yeah. And one John, it takes that time to do it. So I think I'm the same way. I look at what am I learning? What am I learning? What am I learning? Failure inside of a breakdown. And sometimes the world that when they're really big, you can't help but be molly walked in the face, right? Yeah. But I think about the group program, like it hurt because I think I did believe the marketing hype that if I could launch this, then people would want it and it would be easy to get people in. And it just was not. It was so much work for so little return on investment that I'm just like, why am I doing this doesn't make any sense right but nobody will tell you that like oh you have 200 people in your audience maybe don't launch a group program yet (laughs) that's why we ask the question so they can share and learn like i keep saying it but if i hear it from you they'll all okay maybe she's not not discouraging i wanted to win when it wins yeah there's nothing wrong well and i think we also kind of villainize like the online space villainizes one-on-one work like oh you shouldn't be trading dollars for hours and it's like well if you price appropriately one-on-one work can be really lucrative (laughs) way easier to sell and less work and less depending on the model so then let's talk about because you know this is Power Your Profit podcast and we're about building profitable businesses not just building jobs So what one do you share has been your, to this date, right? Because it changes in different seasons. Like I'm in a different season. I'm more seasoned than some. (laughs) But I look at my wealth strategies versus 10 years, 20 years ago, definitely higher risk. Now less risk because I'm in a different season. What are your wealth strategies that you've been using? Yeah, I think for my business, like one of the things that has helped me the most was the profit first, Mike McCallowitz, and really setting that up in my business so I could understand like when I get a lump sum of money in, how much needs to go to me to pay me versus how much needs to go to the tax account, how much is going to OpEx, and then what's going into profit. And what I love is like you're always building up the profit. And then once a quarter, you can take 50% of what you've built and invest it or go on vacation with it. 
I also seen how applying profit first, even to like my personal and thinking about like, oh, I have an elderly cat who needs vet visits twice a year. And those are like $500 a pop. I need an account and put money away so that when his next vet visit comes, I'm not like, oh, crap, got to get the money together. So it's just been this great way of understanding like your money needs a purpose. It needs a job. And so being able to figure out what are the jobs my money needs helps me build wealth. It also helps me pay my taxes. Right. I've never gotten a big tax bill when I've been using profit first. So, right. And even if I owe, I still have like money in the tax account so I can pay like pay the right. thousand or two thousand bucks I owe. So it's not a big deal. I'm so glad I did that early in my business. Yes. Awesome. And so if you could look back and let's say you're at a, the end of your season, what do you want to be remembered for? What's that one thing? I mean, for me, I feel like my whole life has been about communication. Like since I was 15 in high school, really helping people become better communicators about the value they're creating in the world, the message that they want to share, the movements they want to build. I want to be known as the person who stood behind them and helped them really craft what to say so other people would be inspired and motivated to change mm-hmm. and make a difference. So for me, that's it. I love your energy and love who you are. I love your authenticity and just your being, you as a woman. I appreciate the stand that you make for us as entrepreneurs, right? I really get that it's heart-centered. You lead with your heart, not your pocketbook, which I love. And then the money comes. So you do have a prize for us. We love prizes. (laughs) (laughs) We're prize-oriented. So what is your gift that you're giving us? Yeah, so I have a mini audio workshop about the three-word rebellion. So if messaging is something that you feel like you're struggling with, that you need to be more clear about so that you can really show up and market your business, you can grab the three-word rebellion mini audio course at threewordrebellion.com. Well, I love that even if you are a master at it, is it still resonating with what you're doing now? everything that we're doing. So it's not that you're struggling. It's like, is this congruent? Is the tongue in my mouth and my tongue in my shoe going in the same direction? Or is what I'm saying and what I'm doing completely different? So I like yeah. that you visit it to go, wow, that's kind of old or that. That's outdated. Yeah. <laughs> just to keep you fresh and relevant, not just doing it to do it. If you loved this message, you love Michelle, please share it with our tribe and your community. Someone in your community that needs to hear this. And sometimes it comes better if you're just like, hey, I thought of you when I was listening to Susie and Michelle today. We would love your support in supporting Dr. Michelle. Love that my girl earned that. And like and follow. Go check out on her website. Go download her free resource. It's juicy, juicy, juicy. Michelle, thank you for your time today. Thank you for being in the world. We appreciate you. You're welcome, Susie. Thank you for having me. Have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Power Your Profits podcast. Let these building blocks from today's most successful industry leaders equip you with the necessary resources and tools to finally establish the highly profitable business of your dreams. Want to hear more? Listen to more episodes at https colon double slash poweryourprofitspodcast.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Now is your time to rise to the top of your game. So be sure to catch our next episode. Until next time.